Hi, John. How are you this week? Hey, Elliot. Good. I um, want to remind folks that uh, we did a nice uh, webinar this week on corruption that will at some point be available for download. And I think they'll get some value out of that. So I wanted to highlight that for the folks. Yeah, it was a, a really good program. Interesting panel. Lots of interesting perspectives. Um, you know, and I think as you you and the panel pointed out, um, it's important for people to kind of keep remembering that uh, corruption really is just another facet of the various financial crimes that we're constantly uh, encountering. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this week, uh, FinCEN uh, um, recognized uh, a number of organizations uh, related to the use of uh Bank Secrecy Act data um, in law enforcement efforts. And there's a number of case situations that they highlight. And uh, I'm assuming you saw that. Yeah, yes, I did. And what I think is there's a couple of things to call out about that. One is what you just said, that obviously the utility of data. So that's important because, as we know, the AML Act that was signed into law earlier this year has several studies on looking at data and efficiency. So this is FinCEN and law enforcement's efforts to explain the value proposition, which is always useful. And the second part of it is to recognize, as you and I do, the number of partners that FinCEN has both at the state and federal level that depend upon BSA data. So I think both of those things are, are pretty important uh, for our community to highlight. And, and when these things occur, um, it's, not just valuable, but it sort of answers the question, what, what happens with data? Correct. And, and to your point, so I'm just going to read right down the list of, of the organizations that are highlighted. Um, uh, FBI, um, but as part of the one, this was a COVID fraud situation, but they especially identified the SBA's Office of Inspector General. So, you know, not a group that you often think about, uh, but they're out there. Uh, the Secret Service, of course, DEA, Homeland, Alaska State Troopers, um, uh, IRSCI, uh, and then uh, an organization that you and I uh, know a fair amount about, the Washington Baltimore uh, HIDA uh, Initiative. And that is, by its very nature, a cooperative effort between federal law enforcement and state level law enforcement. So, and then the New York County district attorney's office. Uh, yeah. So a wide variety of folks using data to uh, uh, interdict a wide variety of criminal and fraudulent activities. Right. And then going to the SAR review team that you mentioned, the Washington, Baltimore, Haida are our colleagues and strong supporters of the community, uh, Steve Gerdak and Stacy Ivy, who have both, been on podcasts and webinars for us. And, you know, Steve has been tremendous over time in reaching out to the private sector, both to, uh, to, to expand um, our knowledge base, but also to hear from the private sector. So I think it's um, important that we recognize uh, that FinCEN has identified their group in this particular uh, event. And the thing that, you know, uh, just reading from the um, from the description, and people should take a look at it when they get a chance. But um, the, the investigation 
was about a money laundering operation used funnel accounts. So, you know, funnel accounts, uh, a big, a big issue for us in the AML community and uh, the, uh, the individual uh, identified was arrested, pled guilty, sentenced to 10 years in prison. So it's uh, a really great example of the utility of the looking at the BSA filings, which we know that Stacy and Steve and their colleagues look at. So this is a perfect example of going from point A to point B in terms of BSA data. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, just I think this is, uh, you know, it's a it's a one page press release. It's a high level description of these interactions. But I think as you as people look at it, you realize that, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of uh, interactions among both federal and state uh, agencies. There's also a lot of different I mean, this is another chance to take a look at from a certain vantage point and a lot of different topologies, what kinds of things are going on out there. Um, these are a few that are highlighted, obviously not uh, a complete list, but but important. Lots of transnational things, lots of cyber elements and what's going on, uh, some virtual currency elements and what's going on, all things that you and I have talked about on this podcast series and, you know, uh, and the community continues to think about and look at. So uh, this is a nice refresher of what, you know, what's happened recently and um, and and it's a it's a form of information sharing by FinCEN that we we in the community should take advantage of. Yeah. And to, and to your uh, quick last point, you know, another example of what we talk about all the time, the one that IRSCI is identified in is sort of a, a, a prototypical money laundering by real estate scheme. Right. It's an illicit activity of a licensed real estate broker who buys all these properties with structured cash deposits. The, the transactional data gets funneled, if you will, to law enforcement. And they said, hmm, based on that, we think you're purchasing real estate for a suspected drug trafficker. And that led also to, uh, uh, this case, I think 14 months of imprisonment. So again, another example of things that, like you said, crypto, real estate, cyber, all these things that we need to stay on top of. Yep. And we'll try to bring you information about all of them as, uh, as they, as they unfold uh, each week here on This Week in AML. So I'll do the shameless plug. Um, if you like this, we're, we're on every week. So please uh, go to Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, subscribe. And uh, you'll also find a lot of our other podcasts um, there. And there's lots of great content on our website, amlrightsource.com as well. So John, you have a great weekend and be safe. Take care, Elliot. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.